Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldea, and another week has come and gone. Uh, we've ratcheted up tensions worldwide, uh, and, uh, well, you know, one day closer to World War III, uh, a lot of things we need to talk about. Most of them are serious because, uh, these are serious times that we're living in, but there will also be a sprinkle of, uh, things that are going on in the church. And uh, something that I warned you about, something that I told you about uh, regarding uh, the puritanical nature of the average American citizen. Uh, Everybody's looking for rising phoenixes, but something that just happened in Kansas on Tuesday night should sort of uh, open your eyes to the reality that... um, if we started uh, doing the Abraham thing with, what, Lord, what if there's 100 righteous? Uh, Lord, what if there's 50? There would be a lot less righteous than we might believe, than we might uh, like to believe anyway. We'll get into that as well. But the first thing out the gate that I wanted to talk about was something that is a little older. Uh, it, it came out August 1st of 2022 and by the by this is a recorded program we are recording today uh, august the 4th the year of our lord 2022 uh it's supposed to air same day gina's probably going to throw it up on the intertubes uh as soon as we're done but uh this story broke let's see uh three days ago so it was august 1st 2022 and it's something that we need to be aware of, because I know, I know, between monkeypox, transgender rights, uh, and what else is it? It's no longer about gay rights now. That's passe. Uh, the, the gay rights uh, no longer need be uh, discussed because they are a protected class. Uh, apparently, the IRS is going to double in size, and I'm very curious to see uh, the percentage of uh, people with certain sexual orientations and Christians uh, getting audited by the IRS. Because if you don't think that this administration is willing to use the IRS as a cudgel, if you don't think that this administration is willing to use the IRS as a weapon against people uh, who are of a dissenting opinion, you're fooling yourself. But we'll get to that too, because yeah, uh, inflation soaring, we decided, hey, you know what will help it? If we spend another half trillion dollar, but call it the anti-inflation bill. Because, you know, names mean things. And if we say it's something, then it really is, even though it's devaluing our currency and inflation will likely spike again from it. But, hey, why use reason? We're in the land of the make-believe. We're in the land of, look, I I, I think that guys like Bobby Tilton were before their time talking about, you have to speak it into being. You look at your empty garage and you say, Rolls Royce, I see you there. Porsche, I see you there. I mean, these guys were before their time because that's what people are doing now. You speak it into being, even though it makes no logical sense, even though it's never going to happen. I'm, I, I was waiting, because again, if YouTube was around back in the days of Bobby Tilton, I'm sure somebody would have come up with this, somebody sitting in a chair in their garage pretending to drive and somebody asking from behind the camera, hey, Bob, what are you doing? I'm sitting in my Jaguar. I manifested it. And now all I'm waiting on is for it to materialize. Same thing with this anti-inflation bill. Inflation is going to bump again because of this. We, we, we haven't stopped inflating since we started to inflate. If this was the Goodyear blimp, it would be bursting at the seams. Anyhow, back to the story I wanted to discuss uh, at, at the beginning of this program. Because I know that 
most of you living in America uh, are sheltered to a certain extent. Uh, we've been told forever that all the world loves us and all that they need to do is see our smiling faces uh, in, in order to you know, reciprocate any sort of love that we might have for each other. Uh, it's, it's starting to become clear that the world doesn't love us. I know, Nancy Pelosi made headway in Taiwan. I mean, I, oh, Nancy, oh, Nancy here. You know, I know that was a horrible, horrible Indian accent. I kid, of course. But yeah, she's like, where's the vodka? I, I need to get nice and buzzed for my flight back. Now, what she left in her wake, we will discuss because, look, I, I could have told you this. The Chinese weren't going to back down, and so they have to have a show of force to undercut anything that Nancy Pelosi said or did. I, I, can you imagine the meeting in the White House when it came to this? Who are we sending? Well, we can't send Joe. He doesn't know his name half the time. Well, we need another you know, uh, statesman-like figure. Nancy's the best we got? Can we get her sober in 48 hours? It would have been fun to watch. But still, Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan and the Chinese are going, you know what? We will show you what true strength is. Again, see, that's not even a Chinese accent. I can't do Chinese accents. I got to spend more time around dry cleaners and nail salons, I guess. Uh, I'll, I'll learn the Chinese accent perfectly. But now, so uh, we'll get into that because uh, right now the, the Taiwanese are, uh, let's just say, stealing themselves because the Chinese have to make an example of them now. And uh, I know what Nancy said. We stand behind the people of Taiwan. Of course we do. Uh, you know what? I think it's going to be empty rhetoric. Uh, I, I, I don't see us pulling the trigger on China over Taiwan. But then again, we botched up Afghanistan and we botched up Ukraine and Russia and we botched up everything else so horribly. We might just try to do it to save face. So it's, uh, it's a 50-50. There's no American prophetic here. We, we may be at war shortly, or uh, we may beg off intervening uh, because, you know, hey, transgender kids need our attention now. We can't defend the nation of Taiwan. We can't defend the people of Taiwan. There's a 13-year-old child that is now confused for having sat on the lap of a drag queen. So uh, we need to start pumping them with uh, chemicals and, uh, you know, testosterone blockers and such because, well, pharma, they need to get their cut. So, excuse me while I sip from my delicious beverage. Just black, hot, and uh, not very tasty. But Russian leader Vladimir Putin on Sunday signed a military document that declared the United States is the primary threat to Russian security. It was the first update to Russia's naval doctrine since 2015 when changes were made following Russia's annexation of the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine. So I know, because I've, I've seen the emails and I've heard the, oh, let's focus on the aliens, okay? Russia is not a threat. Russia doesn't want anything. Russia's just sitting there, you know, drinking their vodka and, and, and just watching Americans prosper. So, Brother Mike, move on from the Russian thing and start talking about aliens, okay? Because that's what's really important. Well, apparently, Vladimir Putin doesn't see it that way. So now the United States is the primary threat to Russian security. Now, any nation worth its salt with uh, an individual for whom violence is not limiting as leader would take steps to either undermine or do away with uh, what they consider to be their primary threat as far as security is concerned. 
Sunday was Navy Day in Russia, a national holiday established by Putin's decree in 2017, celebrated with a huge parade of military vessels on the Neva River in St. Petersburg, a venue chosen to honor Tsar Peter the Great for establishing Russia as a major naval power. The main naval parade includes the Maritime Airborne and group components to give a complete picture of the modern Russian Navy. I know, but if we're going to listen to the news, there is no such thing as modern Russian Navy. They're, they're using like rusty tanks and, and, and lobbing cement balls in Ukraine. I mean, we can take the Russians out in a minute. That's the new narrative. Uh, dangerous narrative because uh, they don't have to be, you know, surgical with nuclear bombs. We were were aiming for the other block. It wouldn't matter, would it? So I I, I think all the the, the pink-haired ne'er-do-wells at the Washington Post or at WAPO or wherever they happen to leech a living from so they can afford their monkeypox vaccines, well, they're free now, I guess, so you don't even have to afford those. I don't know. Maybe the antidepressants, once you realize what your life is. You need to copay those if you don't have full insurance. I wouldn't know. I'm not on antidepressants, but I hear people talking. Apparently, copaying is a big thing. Uh, so I, I think all, all these kids who know nothing about history, who know nothing about uh, what real war is, uh, who believe they're persecuted because somebody gives them a strange look for having a septum piercing and a forehead tattoo saying loser, uh, may, maybe they should just zip it as the kids like to say. Maybe sit this one out, Poochie. All right? We don't need your opinion about how we're going to beat the Russians. With what? Our our pink M16s from the transgender unit? See, I kept it kid-friendly. You're welcome. You're you're despoiling all my fun because I have to keep it kid-friendly now because somebody said, my kids are in the car listening. They shouldn't be. Be responsible. Let them on TikTok. I kid. I kid. Have you heard? There's like actual, just if you have children under the age of 16 and you've given them cell phones and you've allowed them to have TikTok uh, accounts, you hate your children. That's all I'm going to say. I don't care who you are. You can get upset with me. You hate your children if your children are on TikTok or have ever been on TikTok. Because I'm, it's, it's scary. I mean, that is the playground for the perverted, and your kids are on the menu. So I don't know. Maybe books should come back into style. What do you think? Public library, they're free. But, Mom, I need a phone. No, you don't. Buy them a beeper. Buy them a beeper, and then they can ask to use somebody's phone if it's an emergency. 911. I know, I'm old school. Beepers used to rock, didn't they? High top sneakers and beepers. But now what do we have? Yeah, exactly. I know. This is progress. This is what spearheading the future is all about. I'm sorry. If you think we're progressing into anything other than utter chaos, you're fooling yourself. This isn't progress. We're we're intellectually contracting by the day. The next generation behind me, those that are like 18 to 30 right now, oh, they're completely lost. Uh, How do I pick my nose? YouTube video. Just no common sense anymore. But let's get back to Russia and and us being their number one enemy and primary threat to their security because, you know, important things. Pardon me. One second. Oh, that's good. Just because it's hot. Uh, In all 47 combat ships, boats, and submarines of Russia's northern Pacific, Baltic, and Black Sea fleets are participating in the main naval parade on the Neva River and in the Kronstadt, the state-run TASS news service reported. The parade also included over 40 naval aircrafts, including helicopters, transports, fighters, bombers, and about 3,500 personnel. Before 
launching the naval parade with a congratulatory address to Russia's sailors, Putin signed a 55-page document that laid out the strategic goals of the Russian Navy. The document said the primary threat faced by Russia is the strategic policy of the USA to dominate the world's oceans, coupled with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization's NATO advance of Russia's land borders. Uh, by the way, they're now uh, voting to approve uh, Sweden and Finland to NATO. So that'll make the Russians happy, you know. Not that Sweden and Finland could possibly do anything if real war ever started in Europe, but it's good to have them on paper. I don't know. Maybe they can throw in a few bucks, you know, give, give the Spanish kids and the German kids that are about to die on, on, on some just wooded forest in Russia or wherever uh, money for new uniforms, you know, because if you're going to die, might as well have a crisp uniform on you. Look, they're playing games they can't possibly win, not, not with the alliances that are being forged by certain nations, not by the movements of bona fide superpowers uh, and their willingness to admit that, yeah, we, we could go nuclear, I mean, if we felt the need. Those are scary words. You're not, you're not again, we botched Afghanistan and they don't have an army or nuclear weapons. It's a bunch of guys that like to play with goats. And we botched that up. Russia has fleets in many a place. China, eh, they're doing pretty good themselves. The Saudis have the oil. I know, I know, but we're America and we're the righteous nation that shall ascend upon the hilltop. Give me a second. I'll show you. Kansas. Kansas. We're not talking about New York, flaming liberals, Vermont, Rhode Island, California. Kansas. The pro-life movement suffered a defeat in Kansas on Tuesday when the state overwhelmingly, remember that word, overwhelmingly, that means a vast majority voted to uphold abortion rights. Indeed, we got to kill them babies. How, how can we tell women not to kill them babies? I know it's Kansas, but still, we got to kill them babies. So, the vote in Kansas on Tuesday centered on whether or not the state would remove abortion rights protections in the state constitution, potentially paving the way for state lawmakers to pass far-reaching abortion restrictions or even to pursue a ban, according to the New York Times. Yes, the most credible newspaper in the world. With 76% reporting, the no votes to keep abortion rights in place beat the yes votes by double digit. 62.2% versus 37.7%. Let that sink in. Kansas. I know that you have an image of America being a righteous nation in your mind. I know you have an image of Americans being a God-loving people in your mind. That may have been the case 30, 40, 50 years ago. It is no longer the case today. This is why I've always been opposed to the notion of the rising phoenix. Because no, most people are debauched. Most people, apparently 62.2% of Kansans have no qualms about killing babies. We got to kill them, baby. How many mouths are we going to feed anyway? And again, we exclude the notion of personal responsibility every time we have conversations such as these. Same thing with the people with the monkeypox. Because to, to, to point out the fact that 
Both things are preventable if you have self-restraint and self-control. How dare you? Well, but it's, it's there. Just say no works. Both between a male and a female and between a male and a male. And if you just say no, no monkeypox. No unwanted pregnancy. Wait till you get married. I get it. It's passe. Oh, grandma and grandpa were married for 80 years. Yeah. And they died in each other's arms five minutes apart. I know. We're a jaded generation. We don't care about those things. We don't care about having somebody to grow old with. Because we're thinking to ourselves, hey, either, you know, Bezos or Musk will come out with robots that will take care of us as we're dying What do we need marriage for? I know human connection, emotion, love, those things. Who cares? We have pharma. We have pharmaceuticals to make us happy when we're sad and sad when we're happy to keep us all baseline and even because that's what life is all about. No emotion, no joy, no sadness, just drooling into your plastic hungry man dinner and watching the latest America's Got Talent. This is America 2022. Kansas, shame on you. 62.2% of you, at least. And that's Kansas. See, because everybody was excited. Oh, Roe versus Wade got overturned. And again, somebody, a masculine, handsome man behind a microphone said the following. Don't get too excited. It's going to go down to the state. And that when you, that's when you'll see people's true morality. Well, well, here we are. Kansas. 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 Exactly. So the next time you think of rising Phoenix, brother Mike, I'm still holding out hope that we're going to have national repentance and everybody is going to be a warrior for Jesus. Kansas. Kansas. So, maybe prepare for persecution rather than warriors for Jesus unite. Because between the two, between a national repentance where everyone's fighting for the light and 62.2% beginning to persecute the other 37% because they have the majority, Uh, I'd bet on the latter rather than the former, if I were a betting man, which I'm not. But still, we, 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 we need to get our heads out of the proverbial sand. Because if we continue to believe that America is a righteous nation deserving of blessing and prosperity. You know what? They may not be so smart in this administration, but God's going to see us through it, brother, because we're America. We are a land blessed by Kansas. See, don't, don't use the present tense when past tense applies. We were, no longer are, And if not under judgment yet, under judgment shortly. I know, American prophetic. But Brother Mike, what about the pink-haired lady? She said we have to envision righteousness pouring out like honey. Pour the righteousness out like honey on the ungodly and make them godly. That's not the way it works, you wrinkle bag. Why, Why do we... Just gravitate towards nonsense simply because it makes us feel good when we hear it. Why do we gravitate towards nonsense simply because it appeals to the flesh? I was having a conversation last night, and somebody, well, well you know, you just got to you know, do what makes you happy. Really? Is that the way it works now? You do what makes you happy? That's why, why, why everything's become a toilet, isn't it? Well, the guy in New York that's urinating on the street corner is doing what makes him happy. The guy smoking meth next to the shopping cart with the tent in it doing what makes him happy. The mom that leaves her three kids at home and they start a fire and they burn to death because she's out on a Tinder date. Well, she was doing what made her happy. 
difference of personal accountability and responsibility. You do what needs doing, not what makes you happy. Again, I blame Marshall Goods. This is the Marshall Goods generation. Love's here. Love lives here. Bless this home. Do what makes you happy. You're all you'll ever need. Stop. No. Grow up. Stop falling for the one-liners and grow up and open your eyes and realize America is not a righteous nation. There, I said it. America is deserving of judgment. There, I said it. Evidence? Kansas. Abortion activists and Democrat lawmakers celebrated the victory. Why not? More dead babies. You know, if anything is worth celebrating, death babies worth celebrating. But your kid could have found the cure for cancer if you'd let him live. It doesn't matter. Yay, dead babies. This is huge. Abortion rights were on the ballot for the first time since Roe, and the people of Kansas voted to preserve access, tweeted Elizabeth Warren, Democrat. I'm grateful down to my toes for everyone who helped stop this dangerous ballot measure in its tracks. Indeed. Birds of a feather flock together. You remember that old saying? So don't, don't, don't give me righteous nation and rising phoenix. I'll get violent with you. All right? If you start on that again, I, I, I will say words that will hurt you deeply. Because I'm capable. I know, how, I, I know how to push buttons. I know what triggers people. I study humanity as a hobby and have been since I was a kid. As NBC News noted, the Kansas vote marked the first time Americans have gone to the ballot box to decide the issue of abortion in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Anti-abortion activists had argued that Kansas' ballot question created an opportunity to put the issue in the hands of the voters via elected state lawmakers. Supporters of abortion rights warned that approval of the ballot measure would almost certainly result in the elimination or curtailment of existing rights in a state that has more lenient laws on its books compared to many of its neighbors. So even the other side thought that the people of Kansas were more moral than they turned out to be. Let that sink in. Rising Phoenix! The other side, the people who would butcher babies as they're coming out of the womb, as they're, hi, mom, what was that? Oops. Those people thought that the people of Kansas were more moral than they turned out to be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I I don't see judgment, man. I, I, brother, my, I know I've heard you speak. Okay, and I've listened. I opened my ears and I listened, but I, I don't see judgment. I mean, are we as bad as? Yes, we're worse. Not as bad as, we're worse. I don't care what country, we're worse. Why? Because we knew better. We were founded on Christian, Judeo-Christian principles. I know, patriarchy. Well, we let Nancy Pelosi have a swing at it. Because, you know, strong, feminine boss, babe. And the Chinese go, go home drunk. We kill everybody now. That's not even a Chinese accent. See, I got to practice my Chinese. That was more Turkish. That, that was uh, more man with a hair sweater. Or, uh, that, yeah. So, uh, you go home. You go home, we kill everyone. Okay, see it closer. I know. You're so racist. No, I'm not. I can't be. I'm a minority. I'm Romanian. I'm a minority. I can't be racist. Apparently, the only people that can be racist is, is white people. So there. Ha. Uh, minority. Uh, that's what's happening in Kansas. 
I wish it were different. But again, we, we have to be reasonable and we have to be intellectually honest. That's, that's very important for, for the church folk today. We have to be intellectually honest and be upfront about the state of the church today, about the state of our nation, and about what the Word of God says regarding our spiritual condition. Now, I know, because last week, it, you could have one every week. It could be a weekly segment now. Last week it was Ted. Ted, eh, a, a little more off-putting than, uh, what is it, the Hillsong guy in New York. Because the Hillsong guy in New York, it, uh, apparently he just, you know, quote-unquote, fell in love with another woman and betrayed his marital vows. Ted, Ted went uh, full mode. Let's just put it that way. If you didn't listen to last week's program, I, I kind of, but there, there's far more revealing stories about Ted Hager's proclivities and penchants and perversions that I will not get into because that's not the point. The point is the same as the point was regarding Kansas and what they just voted. You will act differently if your perception is that this is a righteous nation that's misunderstood, rather than if you believe this is a nation that has turned its back on God and even the people purporting to be ambassadors of Christ, uh, it's not that they've fallen short. The book says we all fall short. Today there was a little old lady in front of me. I'm sure she was the sweetest thing, but after six miles of driving 25 miles an hour in a 55, I, I'm like, all right, what if I tap her bumper just a little bit? I, I understand she's like trying to get away from the angel of death, and that's as fast as she can go. I get it. When I'm her age, I may do the same thing. But I'm still young, and I got places to be. So like mile four or five, like, what if I just tap it just a little bit? You know, again, we all fall short, but not this short. You know, they're short, and then there's off the cliff. Embattled megachurch pastor Tabner Smith denies reports of church foreclosure. And this is my addendum. However, he did not deny inappropriate relations. Uh, because we're, we're going to get into it. We're going to read it. Again, I know. Why do you keep just talking down the church? I'm not talking down the church. I'm talking down the people that are giving the church a black eye. You know, say what you will about Billy Graham, but when it came to this kind of thing, he'd have security go through his hotel room before he walked in to make sure there was nobody hiding under the bed or no woman that could, you know, say, oh, he touched me. This man went out of his way to be above reproach when it, came to, when it came to this kind of scandal. Well, you have Pastor Tavner Smith, who apparently wears the, you know, chic jeans, you know, the ones that have the knees torn out, because that's what makes them relatable to the young, uh, or something. I don't know. I, again, and, and this, this thing became a mega church pastor. Not a few people, not a couple people in a basement, mega church. Tennessee megachurch pastor Tabner Smith of Venue Church in Chattanooga has denied reports that his church is facing foreclosure less than a year after staffers quit over a rumored affair he had with a former church employee. Well, there you go. Smith assured followers on Instagram that reports of the church shutting down are absolutely not true. Uh, when the article comes out about three weeks from now, I will read uh, 
venue church in Chattanooga foreclosed. Because these, these, these mega church pastors apparently are, are wannabe politicians. They tell you the opposite of what is true most of the time. So if he says it's absolutely not true, see, I would have believed it if he would have said, ah, eh, that's not true. When he, when he threw the absolutely in front of there, yeah, that's when I'm going, buddy, you in trouble. The Post was an apparent response to a July 31 report that Chattanooga Times Free Press stating Venue Church defaulted on its loan uh, for the property in a notice of foreclosure and sale initiated an upcoming auction August 24th. According to the notice, Venue secured the original loan of $2.8 million for the property in 2019. Uh, and now the property is valued at $4.86 million. There you go. Come to Jesus and make profit. Glory! First of all, it's absolutely not true. Venue Church is not shutting down. Our legal team, who is amazing has assured me that I can tell you with confidence that our Chattanooga location is going nowhere. Well, it's going up for auction, apparently. The best is yet to come for Venue Church. See, again, the cliches. We may be down, but we're not out. We fell, but we got back up on our feet. So apparently some time ago, his staffers quit over allegations of affair and misconduct. And when they say misconduct, I guarantee you they, they, they bring in a team of specialists who all they do is manage crisis and go, what's the most uh, just mild term that we could use to describe the fact that you know, pastor had some on the side and apparently for a while with a church employee. Uh, let's call it misconduct. Now, you know, in, in, in Ted Haggard's case, they couldn't just misconduct it. So they had to go into the lascivious details. But uh, this is just misconduct. What? Did she ask you to braid her hair and you sniffed her ear like Joe Biden sniffs little kids? Was that misconduct? That could be misconstrued, but I doubt that's what you mean. But, and again, and this is the other thing I don't understand about American Christianity. You get caught in adultery. You take a little time off. You go off on vacation. You pop off to the Bahamas or the Caribbean for a couple of weeks. You get a nice tan, and boom, you come back. I'm back, kids. Fully restored. Who restored you? I'm not saying don't be a Christian anymore, but maybe sit in the back pew for a few years. Maybe show that something in your heart has changed. Just a thought, huh? He invited his followers to come to Sunday service where he said he would set the record straight. Mm-hmm. Before the recent turmoil... Venue Church had become one of the fastest-growing congregations in America. The Chattanooga Times Free Press obtained audio from a widely reported December 17th meeting between Smith and over 100 church volunteers at the fast-growing Venue Church after several employees resigned from the church over the alleged affair. In January, a Facebook page critical of the church called The Venue is No Church. See, people are waking up. It's not everyone, but some. Published images showing the venue church is now only operating from the Chattanooga campus on Lee Highway. Around that time, Smith began a sabbatical. That's another term I love. I'm taking a sabbatical. After a video circulated online showing him kissing a church staffer who was not his wife. Oh, dear. On, like on the forehead or on the cheek? What, 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 was it a, a kiss in Christian love? I'm assuming not. But that's just me. I'm allowed my assumptions. 
Upon returning from that sabbatical, Smith confessed to his congregation that he was involved in an inappropriate relationship and asked for forgiveness. Again, meme-tested verbiage. I was in an inappropriate relationship. Uh, I kissed someone on the cheek, and they held my hand as I led them to their car when it was dark and they were afraid that there would be robbers about. No, you know what you did. Everyone knows what you did. Don't call it an inappropriate relationship. Don't just take a sabbatical and come back. I'm back, kids. (laughs) Who's next? Before I preach a word today, I've just come to say I'm sorry. So was Jimmy Swaggart. So many things I've said that I've done that I've not said that I've run from were wrong. Indeed. You know what was wrong? Wearing those skinny jeans with the holes in the knees. According to a record of the apology posted on YouTube uh, by some journalist. I know. See, Mike, you shouldn't laugh at a man's failures. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at his failures. This, this man is, and those of his ilk. Because I could, like I said, I could do one of these stories every single week about some mega preacher, some mega church leader, some mega pastor that isn't living the gospel. They're good orators. They know the things they need to say to make the people respond to them. But as far as true salvation messages, non-existent. So, uh, he continued, I was involved in an inappropriate relationship. And I want to say that I'm sorry that I put you through any embarrassment heartache or confusion i've wounded people and i've caused devastation that i know i can never take back again these these are canned these are canned apologies i think that there's there's some kid in a xerox room you know in between you know xeroxing his uh lips he he just cracks one of these out and sends them to mega churches here use this uh if they catch you being naughty Use this. As your leader and pastor, I come to you to publicly acknowledge my mistake and truly ask forgiveness. Now, there's no... uh, Forgiveness and repentance aren't the same thing. Uh, Throughout this, uh, I'm sure, heartfelt apology where tears flowed like the river, whichever river you want, maybe the Chattahoochee River, uh, there, there was no talk of repentance. It was about causing grief, causing embarrassment, heartache, confusion. But uh, el pastore, donde está el repentance? Because if the first thing that... If the first thing you came out of the gate with wasn't repentance and brokenness, then I'm sorry, I do not believe your apology. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, now, since we have a few minutes left, uh, I guess let's get to the main entree, because, you know, uh, not, nothing's as fun as uh, saber-rattling all over the globe. Uh, China has fired missiles near Taiwan in live fire drills as the PLA encircles the island. China fired multiple missiles towards waters near northeastern and southeastern Taiwan on Thursday, the island's defense ministry said, as Beijing makes good on its promise that Taipei will pay a price for hosting U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And... As soon as Nancy gets back home, if she hasn't already, uh, she's going to change her tune like the violinists on the Titanic once the water was above their nose. Because this administration does not want to tussle with China. Whatever the Chinese have on Hunter Biden, it's enough for Joe Biden to dance their tune, no matter how grotesque that tune is. So, 
I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the backtrack. I'm waiting. Well, you know, Taiwan is a sovereign nation that can defend itself. So here's to you. You guys, you're in our prayers. Uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, root for you. But as far as, uh, you know, helping you stop the Chinese from invading your country and murdering every dissident, uh, it's not on our uh, calendar. It's, uh, we, we don't, it's not. We can't fit it in. So China started live-firing missiles. And then, of course, the Taiwanese uh, having to do something. Taiwan scrambles jets as 22 Chinese fighters cross Taiwan's straight median line. Taiwan's defense ministry said 11 Chinese Dongfeng ballistic missiles have been fired in waters around the island. Taiwan scrambled jets on Thursday to warn away 22 Chinese aircraft in its air defense zone, the Taiwanese Defense Ministry said. All 22 Chinese aircraft crossed the Taiwan Strait Median Line in a ministry statement, a ministry statement said. In addition, China's military said that around 3.30 p.m., 10.30 Israel time, that it had completed multiple firings of conventional missiles in waters off East Taiwan as part of planned exercises in six different zones set to run until noon on Sunday. Taiwan's defense ministry said 11 Chinese Dongfeng ballistic missiles had been fired in waters around the island. The last time that happened was in 1996. So it's been a minute. But it's, you know, nothing like Nancy Pelosi to stir people to violence, is it? Uh, the best we can hope for is that this is just a show of force and they're not ready to make their move yet. That's the best we can hope for. Uh, even if that's the case, even if It's just a show of force. It will tell the Taiwanese everything they need to know. This administration, I don't, I don't, I've played this out. I don't see it going to war with the Chinese. Not, not unless they're, they're shamed into it. And even then, it's, it wouldn't turn out good. Let's just put it that way. So we got the Russians on one side, the Chinese on the other. And all those people that came along throughout the years, all the ones that gave of their time, gave of their lives, that pretty much sacrificed their lives to warn this nation to repent, to warn this nation of the danger that it finds itself in. This is, and again, this is the thing that I've had people write me and go, well, at least you're, you're going to feel vindicated when all this stuff happens and, and what your grandpa said turns out to be true. And I'm like, why, why do you think I'd feel vindicated? There's, there's no vindication here. There's not going to be any elation. I'm not going to be like, oh, yes, destruction is upon us. Pass, pa- pass the popcorn, honey. That, that would be insane. The only emotion that I, I, I know I will feel is sadness. Because this nation had an opportunity to repent. This nation had an opportunity to turn from its wicked ways. To seek the face of God. To be restored. This nation had the opportunity to be the Kansas of the 1940s and actually vote to stop killing babies. But it chose a different path. 
It chose rebellion and hedonism. It chose perversion and sin. And it's gotten so bad so quickly because there's no counterpoint. Every other day, a new pastor is brought low by either adultery or homosexual trysts. Like I said, I'm waiting for the first megachurch pastor to explain away monkeypox. I, I, I got it, but I don't know how I got it. I need to repent before my congregation for causing you embarrassment. If, if, if the people that lead you are laden down with sin, do you have any reasonable expectation that the flock is more righteous than the shepherd? See, my grandpa had this, this old saying, and I, I, I've repeated it often because it's true. It's not actually a saying. It's a story of a man from the city who came out to the village to buy some fish. Because back in the day, the villagers who lived by rivers would go fishing. And then whatever they'd catch, they put out on newspapers on, on, on the side of the road, and the city folk in cars would come and buy the fish because uh, fresh fish is a delicacy in Romania. And one day a man stops in his, uh, well, Dacias didn't gleam. They had that <laughs> ugly cars with ugly paint. But hey, if you had a Dacia back in the day, you were somebody. Uh, he stops, he gets out of his car. He picks up a fish and he starts sniffing the tail. And the villager looks at him for a minute and then he asks him, why, why are you sniffing the fish's tail? And the city man says, to see if it's fresh. And the villager smiles and he says, the fish always starts to rot from the head. If the head is bad, the rest of the body is rotten. So if, if the head is not seeking after righteousness, if the head is not seeking after repentance, if the head is not seeking after biblical living, what makes us think that the rest of the body is better than the head? That's the question. I wish it were different. I, I keep having to throw that out there because a lot of, you're, you're just a hater. I don't hate anybody, but this is the reality we're living in. This is a real man who really committed adultery, who really took a sabbatical, who really came back behind the pulpit and said, I'm sorry. Where were we? That was it. And his congregation said, sure, welcome back. Now, when they no longer have money to pay salaries, that's what I want to see because everybody sings the song, you know, I give everything for you, Jesus. And then the first time the check bounces, I'm outie. So we're all hypocrites. We sing hypocrisy. Even our worship is hypocrisy. Don't tell me about rising phoenixes. And you take this kind of mindset and you take this kind of commitment, quote unquote, and you layer persecution on top of it. How do you think that's going to play out? What do you think the outcome of the American church will be once persecution begins I, it's just a question but it's a question that should make you think and it's a question that should make you acknowledge certain truths I know they're uncomfortable truths we don't want to no we still want the rising phoenix I do too but it's not happening because in order for the rising phoenix to be a reality, the church needs to be in a very different spiritual place, and it's not. 
Nobody's encouraging repentance. Nobody's encouraging righteousness. We just damage control every time some up-and-coming star, up-and-coming preacher, prophet, evangelist, pastor falls into the, you know, doggy doo-doo face first and everybody beholds their befouled face. So, the only thing that I will say that is of any import regarding the church today is that judgment begins in the house of God. And that is a reality we ought never to forget. Judgment begins in the house of God. And so when you see judgment being meted out, when you see judgment descending, understand what's happening and know that you serve a righteous God. A God who does not forget and a God who is just. And with that, thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for joining us. I know, not so much funny this week, but there wasn't really anything to funny about, was there? Maybe next week. Uh, we, we can do a whole uh, hour on monkeypox. I kid, of course. But hey, it made you smile. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Well, we had our protest Saturday. 120 people came out. They had over 100 police there. Uh, we got threatened from uh, a gay supervisor in Madison, our group. Uh, he wanted to mobilize a bit of an army to shut us down as far as opposing the drag show that they allowed in my hometown of Watertown, Wisconsin. With what Mike said today, this thing could have been shut down months ago by our so-called mayor that goes to a church, by our licensing committee with people, some people on it that go to church by aldermen, uh, hopefully that can change the laws in our town so they can vote something this crazy down. And at the council meetings when we opposed this, at two meetings, over, over 25 people came and spoke, four or five were for it. Literally, only one pastor along with me and the other 23 people showed up to protest this in our town. Do you believe that? That the rest of the pastors didn't feel a need to show up even at the council meeting, much less the, the protest. However, we did have the largest protest in Wisconsin to oppose this ongoing, as Mike said, support of transgender uh, rights, etc. That is the new thing they're pushing in library schools, at public places, at parks. And this is why Dimitri said it's the sin in the church that will bring the judgment of God on America. Not, not the remnant, or as Mike said, the church of Christ that's fighting, standing for the Lord, but the other church. Which one is that? That church is for gay marriage, gay parades, gay rights. The churches that build their church on a country club mentality and don't even preach a message on repentance. Churches that are more worldly than, than the world in some areas. Churches that, like Florida, several that say, you know what, we want abortion. There's even some churches saying God, God wants abortion. God wants, he's okay with it. They're, they're that audacious and wicked and vile. And that's why Mike said what he said today. He started out, you know, if there's a hundred righteous. It, we really need uh, to realize the condition America's in so that when trouble really does come, the church will actually prepare properly for it. Thank you for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, 
You can email us at handofhelpoffice at AOL.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all-